places, please. Over, sir. Stand by. I'm a Yankee Doodle dandy. Yankee Doodle do or die. A real live nephew of my Uncle Sam. Born on the 4th of July. Only 45 minutes from Broadway. I was born in Virginia. That's the state that will win ya. Give my regards to Broadway. Remember me to Herald Square. H-A-W-R-I. thanks you, my father thanks you, my sister thanks you, and I thank you. Why are you so concerned, Faye Templeton? Oh, I don't care for Templeton. I'm looking out for you. Ever think about yourself? Not much lately. Haven't had time. The minute I saw you without your beard, I knew here was a little boy who needed a lot of looking after. So I gave myself the job. There are a lot of singers, you know, but very few really good looker-afters. I'm not interested in Mr. Cohen or his play. Well, now you're making a great mistake, Faye. He's the most original thing that ever hit Broadway. Do you know why? Because he's the whole darn country squeezed into one pair of pants. Say, Dad, when you talk to Josie and tell her just because she's going to be married, there's no reason to break up the act? George, I'm afraid your mother and I are breaking up the act before Josie is. You hear that, Sam? All three of them walking out on me. You get that curtain up. You can't ring down on a George M. Cohan song. Over there, over there. Send the word, send the word over there. That the Yanks Everybody are sing. Coming. The Yanks are coming. The drums run coming everywhere. So prepare. Say a prayer. Send the word, send the word to beware. We'll be all. grand old flag you're a high flying flag ever oh my god so many songs yeah. just shoved into that movie it was like every song that we learned in like music class in like third grade yes it was all, like all of the patriotic songs we learned there i was like i know this more than my dose of patriotism yeah, yeah. I'm oh, ready yeah. to go like it, it it's kind a of weird gets... nationalistic movie to watch yeah. this year right <laughs> yeah like, the timing was Definitely interesting. <laughs> it's very... Well, because they made it in 42, right, as World War II was, you know, ramping up, and it is very... Oh, was it? I didn't get that from the movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That's what it was about. <laughs> and so, yeah, it was very flat. Like, they're like, let's make a movie about the most flag-waving person to ever be born in America. I swear <laughs> to Jesus Christ. Um, let's make a movie about this guy to just really ramp up the American fervor and, and about the guy who wrote all of these songs. And, I mean, they're catchy as fuck. They are. They definitely are. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I still don't know. I know I heard over there in something very recently, and I cannot figure out what it is. Oh, no. that's. But it's one of those songs, I mean, it's one of those songs you've heard, like, 
billion times. But yeah, I mean, like they're the or as Jenny was like, is that where is that where that song's from? For real? Yes. All of all. I mean, it's all that wonderful thing of you hear all of these standards, and then when you finally find out, oh, it it came from a show. Oh, what was the show about? I definitely did that during like uh, your grand old flag. I was like. Wait, is that? I just assumed that was some old, old, old like song that was just like public domain now, and like it has been around. But no, it was actually written by Cohen. Standards <laughs> come from somewhere. And, well, yeah, and they usually at that point came from Broadway. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God! How many shows did the man write? Yeah, that was apparently ridiculous. a shitload. <laughs> that, uh, I really liked the way they did that montage, though, where it was just just the you know the marquee that I mean they just. Mm-hmm. Just yeah, kind of just put them all in there, like panning through the most clean, yeah, <laughs> and organized <laughs> Times Square ever. <laughs> of just lit up marquees. What? What? There we go. And then little snippets of song. So, all right, uh, listeners, Yankee Doodle Dandy is a biopic musical about George M. Cohan. Actor, director, writer, composer, producer, smartass, ego. Oh my god! Huge oh, egomaniac ego, yeah. for sure. He's just. There were like so, so many times during the movie, where I was like, "This guy's such an asshole." <laughs> but like, but he's got that smile. And Cagney like, is oh, so so. James Cagney plays there you George go. and Cohan, and uh, he is delightful. Um, he's just. I think. So I've never seen Cagney in that kind of role before. I'm used to the like, like Cage Heat Cagney, you know, yeah, like, yeah. like the, the gangster. or White Heat. Sorry, yeah, uh, he's the famous gangster. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So seeing him as this like really affable, but also like very egotistical, fast talking, uh, wisecracking kind of guy was really weird at first. But like, you kind of fall in love with him immediately. Well, or you're totally just like, bodies. The, I mean, like he just. Falls into it like I, it was. It was hard to see James Cagney like separate. For, you know, like it was. His, yeah, his dimples. I just I, <laughs> his dimples so are so charming. It's so true. <laughs> I was just staring at his pants most of the time <laughs> because his pants are like at his. He's already line. not a very big man. Well, maybe that's why his pants are all and the way so up there. And so his pants are so high up that it makes his legs That's not doing him any favors, look, though. It makes it look like his legs are about 80% of his body, and he has a chest that's about, a, like, 8 inches tall. <laughs> <laughs> like head, neck, nipples. The, oh, there's one where he's wearing, like, a vest that's already, like, the vest stops kind of... Uh, high anyway, and then you can't see the top of the pants <laughs> underneath. And I was like, this is the weird, he's yeah. such a weirdly shaped man, and then I went, no, it's not that. It's the suits that he's wearing make, have this weird optical illusion. That was him. the style! Oh my god. When I directed But if you put it on like a six foot tall person, it looks a little, if you put it on like a Cary Grant, it's going to look a little bit different than if you put it on... I didn't think it looked, I don't know, maybe I, it didn't look weird to me. When I directed Guys and Dolls for a high school, and I brought them the you know these actual vintage cut clothes of like here this is a fifties like suit to wear, and all of these kids are like trying to shove them down around their hips, <laughs> and I and they look off and they're like these don't fit me. I'm like they do that does fit you. Put it. You're not wearing it in the right place. You put it at your waist. And they're like why is it so high up? And I'm just like I can't. 
I can't handle all of you. Just <laughs> stop. Yeah, well, and I don't think that it looked, it didn't look bad. It was just definitely, it was noticeable. I mean, just the style of it. Yeah. They were, they were very <laughs> like, high-waisted. Like, what is with his pants? <laughs> <laughs> but also, it's really obvious when he starts doing, like, because there's so many, like, kicks and yeah. things that it just makes his legs look so fucking crazy long. Because, um, like, most of his dancing is just legs fucking flying yeah. everywhere. High <laughs> and, yeah. Yeah. So, um, the plot such as it is, is a fictionalized account of George M. Cohan's life starting in vaudeville with his family as part of the four Cohans with his parents and his sister and being an asshole and then becoming a Broadway star. And still being an asshole. And still being an asshole. Big enough asshole. Like, he's an asshole at like age six in this movie. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Um, oh, and it's got a lovely sort of bookend framing device of he's playing FDR in a Broadway show. And they're like, oh, I hope the president doesn't hate your portrayal. And then oh, he gets a telegram from the president. I need you to come see me. Oh, shit. Am I in trouble, son? And he goes and tells his whole life story to the president sitting in the Oval Office just the two of them and then oh wait no I called you here because I want to give you the Congressional Medal of Honor because your songs have been so patriotic well thank you sir just the two of us in this office yeah, having a quiet, privately at night. quiet conversation that nobody's around sure I'll take this Congressional Medal of Honor and I'll just leave right <laughs> and that's and randomly wander into this parade that seems to be happening well because it's <laughs> It's World War Two, and there are parades everywhere <laughs> during World War Two. So that's the the framing device. So let's pause to stop as we did in the movie when he's playing FDR and tap dancing. I mean, we all know that was FDR's pastime, right? <laughs> yeah, that was the weirdest thing. Is I was like, okay, it's kind of weird that he's like walking around and everything, and then the next thing is just fucking legs flying everywhere. Is <laughs> Cagney his dancing in this movie? Which Wendy said while we were watching it, like he talked to was it the choreographer or mm -hmm. something that worked with uh, that worked with Cohan, mm -hmm. and. Um, so he's doing, apparently, like, Cohan's dancing style, which is a lot of, like, locked knees uh -huh. and legs just everywhere. And sort of bent and over bent the over, waist like, and sort of... He looks like he's falling everywhere he goes with, like, stiff and legs. sort of this weird sort of ragdoll arm thing. Yeah, it's, like, almost uncoordinated, but... Yeah, like not, he's a marionette is, like, or something. It's all very <laughs> controlled, but it's meant to look... Yeah, and but some very yeah, weird, bizarre. Like he had his own style of dance that, like I will say, nobody else danced like George M. Cohan. Apparently, if I had a time machine, I would love to go back and actually see a Cohan show. I have, yeah. like, I'm fascinated because I know Broadway at that time. The Broadway shows were very different in terms of, like, they would be these huge spectacles, but the plot. They're more like reviews, yeah. Kind of thing. Like yeah. maybe, like in some just <laughs> because, well. So I was I spent a lot of time trying to go like, what is this musical about that like they're putting on in there? Because you would get like a song from a production, and I was just like, I wonder what this is about. 
And then I was like, it probably doesn't even really matter. Because <laughs> well, I mean, they it's just an excuse to wave the flag a bunch. <laughs> well, yeah, and even before that, like in his younger life and the family doing the vaudeville act, I mean, that kind of stuff was was much more like episodic. Oh, yeah, and that's just, just a whole mishmash of yeah, a review. Like, yeah. oh, and it's an entertainment, and then why would you? Well, that's why you go to the vaudeville. Why would you want to have everything like make sense? And famously, it wasn't until Oklahoma. Mm. Uh, which was, gosh, in the 40s. And, of course, Coan's musicals were much earlier. They were during, like, World War One and World War II. Um, it wasn't until Oklahoma that a cohesive plot where the songs were part of the story and the dancing was part of the story, like, that was revolutionary with Oklahoma. So that tells you that those musicals were just like, here's a story, and we're just going to stop and do a great big number for right. you for a while. <laughs> yeah. look, at the, look at the pretty costumes and lights. Right. Oh, and the costumes! The costumes yeah. are yeah. something else. Those fucking hats <laughs> are in That's a whole like, black science kind of thing that I don't understand. Yeah, some they're... mystical power. Because like, the first few you see are the very, like, what you would think of, like, they're at, like, a, uh, a derby type of thing, and uh, yeah, like the first time they're women the wearing the these huge derby hats that are kind of, like, tilted, but they aren't really crazy. Then all of a sudden, there's people that are wearing hats that are, like, a sm- touch a small fraction of their head, and then extend a solid foot above their head, and I, I literally asked, like, Wendy and Jenny, I was like... Are, the, are those, like, pinned to their hair? Because, like, I'm a... I don't fucking know. Yeah, we learned all about hat pins. Yeah. <laughs> they're a thing that exists. They are. They're hard to get now because women don't wear hats, and there are certain hats. Like, I made a tiny top hat for a friend's wedding, and the best way to wear it, like, you could put a chin strap on it. <laughs> that would look dumb. Thank you. <laughs> or you... you do your hair in such a way that your hair has a nice solid anchor point, and then you take a pin and you just literally shove it through the hat and then through your hair and then out the hat, and it sort of holds it down as an like anchor the, point. The, the gesture you made was more just like jam it right into your skull. <laughs> <laughs> shove it in there. Well, putting it on her head, I'm like, okay, tell me if I scrape your scalp. <laughs> Yeah, oh, she's like, ow, and I'm like, eh, it's good to bleed on your wedding day. It's fine. Raspberry. <laughs> no, I loved the, uh, just speaking about the hats, at least the first time you see them in the movie, when during that, the derby scene, it, like he, like Mike said, they start small and relatively normal, but it seemed like as they panned the crowd, they just, it was just like this slope <laughs> that they just got more and more ridiculous. <laughs> and it wasn't like they were interspersed. It was just like, each one was more and more intense. And then we, uh, finally, as uh, the hats are a constant throughout most of the movie, but then we get to, what is it, Faye? Faye Templeton. Faye Templeton yeah. comes out and I think Jimmy it was when, was it when she was doing Mary? Uh-huh. That she comes out and she has her entire costume. It's just like, I said this multiple times during the movie, but it was a lot to take in. <laughs> like, uh, she has this crazy corset. It's all super glittery. Every costume, every dress she has has those, like, huge, poofy shoulders. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she has that gigantic hat. Um, her hair is already piled up. And then the hat sticks up a the good sun. 10 to 12 inches above it. And then... With the floof. W- yeah. Then there's all this floof on top of that that's hanging everywhere. 
casting shadows on literally everything. Like, <laughs> she's just a walking, like, uh, like it looks like Spanish moss hanging down, <laughs> basically. Yeah, and then you see this, this hat that is projecting over half of her face because it's at such an extreme tilt. And you watch as she's maneuvering, trying to not put her face in shade. And it's <laughs> the most interesting contortions. Well, and you can tell that the lighting designer must have just been like, these fucking hats! Oh my god! Why? Well, and I think Jimmy said it after we t- when we talked about it during the movie, like, until that, until you brought it up, like, I hadn't really noticed, like, they had been doing a pretty damn good job of lighting her face, you know? I mean, uh-huh. and, they were well, clearly and aware of it, but it had to be And her doing ass. a good job of just... I, I'm going to keep my face, that cheek to the front, cheek to the front, cheek yeah. to the front. Oh, if everybody could please stand on this side of me <laughs> so I can look at you without having to turn my head and all you get is hat. Yeah. <laughs> hat and a little bit of chin down there. Um, so yeah, it, listeners, it's really just a by the numbers. Like, here they are in uh, vaudeville. Here, It moves here. along pretty quick. I mean, they really did just kind of... Yeah, yeah. That's why, like, the, there, so there's one when he first goes to see, uh, yeah, when he first goes to see Faye, I didn't realize that whole sequence took place in one night. Because <laughs> um, it's, a, the whole movie's been, like, just fucking flying along. It's, like, one scene, and then an undisclosed amount of time later is the next scene, and then uh, another yeah, undisclosed. Like years. Yeah, yeah. And so you see uh, um, Cohan and his wife Mary... And they're doing this song, Mary, and um, what's the partner's name that came? Sam Harris. Sam Harris comes in and tells him about Faye performing down here or whatever. So they go to see her, and they have this whole thing. They watch her perform. He tries to, well, first he goes in to her dressing room um, and tries to impress her. She goes out and does her show. He writes a song for her while she's performing, comes back. They have this whole thing, and then they go back to. He goes back to their uh, to his house with Mary, and uh, I was like, "Is Mary wearing the same dress? Like, how long has she been dressed like this the whole time?" And Wendy's like, "Yeah, dude, he just left to go to a show." I was like, "Oh, this movie slowed down all of a sudden, and we're all in one night, and it hasn't been like two years, <laughs> right?" No, it was a really good point because generally in this movie, if you walk out the door. The next door you walk in, it's two years later. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, oh, what? Oh, it's the same? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was a really good point. It was funny, because you're like, why is she still I was like, dress? I completely lost the thread of what's, what the whole point he went over there was, because all of these other things happened. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, let's see. Some of the people involved in the, sh- in the movie. Um, the director is Michael Curtiz, which, listeners, that's... Casablanca and Mildred Pierce, White Christmas, and The Adventures of Robin Hood. Putting it together. By the way, do you know who they originally wanted to play Robin Hood? Cagney? Yes. Wow. That would be fucking amazing. <laughs> Let's pause and consider The Adventures of Robin Hood with Cagney playing opposite Claude Rains. Like, that's really... Consider that movie. I want that movie. I want that movie as much as I want the movie Jenny thought this one was going to be. (laughs) He takes over as a body double for FDR and shenanigans ensue. Yeah, so to clarify, (laughs) when when the movie starts, as you should have seen when you watched it, um, 
you know, he's playing FDR, <laughs> tap dancing. A tap dancing, a tap dancing called FDR. Called to the White House to meet the actual president, and Ginny thought that the movie... And as soon as he goes in and is talking to FDR, Ginny goes, I think I know where this movie's going. <laughs> <laughs> she was very wrong, but her thought was that the movie was... Cagney replacing FDR and hijinks ensuing. <laughs> Jazz hands. Which, which tap dances his I, way through the White House. Kind of which might have been a better movie. movie. I don't know. I kind of love the idea of it. But, I would absolutely watch that um, movie. Yeah, but you're saying this like might have been a better movie. Let's remember, this was Cagney's only Best Actor Oscar. Really? Yes. Interesting. He won the Best Actor Oscar. A delight to Oscar watch. Movies. I just mean that the movie was nominated for Best Picture, did not win. There were other. It was nominated for several others. I think it won a few technicals. But yeah, this was his Best As- Actor Oscar and the first time an actor won for playing a musical role. Hmm. For Best Actor. Like, I'm not... Like, you know how in IMDb sometimes they write those so particularly... It's the first time that this thing has ever happened. No, it's the first time this specific thing. Right, right, so, right. Um, yeah, so we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> James Cagney, of course. Uh, Angels with Dirty Faces. I'd forgotten he was in the 35 Midsummer Night's Dream as bot- Bottom. Have you seen that one? No, I've definitely not seen that. I think I might have seen part. I need to go revisit that because I'm really yeah. like James Cagney as Bottom in Midsummer yeah. Night's Dream. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like, is that the same one where Mickey Rooney plays Puck? Because that's a thing, too. I think it's the same version. I didn't even know that was a yeah, thing. Me that yeah. sounds amazing. <laughs> well, it's it's something to behold. <laughs> right. We'll leave it at that. Um, let's see. Uh, it's got Walter Houston. It's got, as I pointed out, Eddie Foy Jr. playing his father. His Eddie Foy, yeah. which was sort of funny, doing an old Eddie Foy bit. Um, so yeah, eight Oscar noms. It did win three. Cagney got the only performance one. Um, okay, some trivia about James Cagney. I love this. James Cagney was a legitimate motherfucking badass. <laughs> like, for serious, he earned a black belt in judo. And that's awesome. <laughs> there was a mafia plan to murder Cagney by yes. dropping several hundred pounds of Klieg light on top of him, but it was stopped at the insistence of George Raft because Cagney at that time was president of the Screen Actors Guild, <laughs> and Cagney wanted to keep the mob out of the out of the Screen Actors Guild. The mob wanted to move Is in that why they tried to kill him? Over. Yes. Awesome. The mob wanted to take over Fuck, yeah. the SAG. Like, that's crazy. And Raft, who had apparently a lot of mob connections, was like, no. That's no. with me. Like, we like this guy. Right. He was married to the same woman for 64 years. Wow. And wow. Claims, claims to have never cheated on her. And they yeah, were together 64 years. I'll believe him. He broke a rib while filming the dance scene in Yankee Doodle Dandy and kept dancing until the scene was finished. So Wait, during the song Yankee Doodle Dandy? Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So, like, at some point in there, probably when he was, like, running up the proscenium and doing that weird little twisty thing. Probably. Like, that just looks Is like... Is that the wall thing on yeah. the side? Okay, gotcha. <laughs> Like, I don't know theater terms. The proscenium is the little, like, wall. Yeah, yeah. Wall so where frame. he, like, runs up and basically is, like, fucking horizontal on it. Yes, yes. <laughs> on yeah. both 
going back and He's forth. He's like, look, I can do it in both directions. Yeah. <laughs> Check this shit. Then I'm going to walk off the stage but walk right back on because that's what you do in an old-timey musical number, apparently. I'm very uh, fascinated by every time, so. right. Yeah, right? Um, this is adorable. He would often leave the set early claiming that he was too ill to continue filming that day to make sure that they filmed another day and the extras got paid for two days because he thought they were underpaid. That's very sweet. Yeah. Well, yeah, he was, awesome. a, he was a big, like, Democrat, commie, like... Yeah. You know, he was the president of this, the union. Like, he right. really believed in that. Um, yeah, like I told you, they wanted him for Robin Hood. That's incredible. I wish they yeah. had made that movie. <laughs> um, and like Errol Flynn, whatever, but like Cagney as Robin Hood? Cohan was still alive when the movie came out. Cohan wanted Fred Astaire. Let's try to picture Fred Astaire dancing like Jimmy Cagney dances in this. Yeah, is that I, weird I in it. your head? Yeah, that yeah. is kind of weird. It's also weird because Fred Astaire has such a distinctive... Yeah. Style that, like, I can't imagine him doing Cohan's style and doing it, like, the way Cagney did. You know what I mean? Like, it's such... We're talking two very, very polar opposite distinct, like, styles that I don't see, like... First off, if you're going to put a stare in it, everybody's going to be like, why isn't a stare dancing like a stare? Right. Like, what the fuck's wrong with him? Yeah. <laughs> was he having a seizure and nobody stopped him? Yeah, because, <laughs> yeah, like, Astaire is very light, very up, very looking like... Right, very... and then all of a sudden he's like, everywhere. <laughs> I'm a marionette who's yeah. broken on top, and my legs don't bend. Right. <laughs> like, it's such odd dancing. I mean, it's cool to watch, and it's cool to see Cagney dance. Yeah. So, which, Absolutely. by the way, we do need to watch Footlight Parade so you can see Cagney in a Busby Berkeley, because that's a whole thing, too. And you actually, it's much more typical dancing and not so much like, what's wrong with your body? <laughs> I mean, for, yeah, for all of the, Your the body's not dancing. supposed to move that way. <laughs> he moved around that stage like it was nothing, oh, you know? Like, just... for serious, he could cover some ground. The best part uh, with that, though, is when he goes to the recruitment office and they're like, you're too old. <laughs> yeah, let me and show you. he's like, let me show... He's like, you gotta be in shape to do what I do. And he's like, let me show you. And then he does this dance where he basically just, like, runs all the way down here, runs all the way back here, jumps up, and he's like, ha <laughs> <laughs> Like fucking Robin Hood. And it, Jazz hands. Yeah. So, yeah, and it's so good. I was just like, you do it, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because he's all like... What? You think I can't handle war? I do eight shows a week. <laughs> I'd like to see these young people like get through a two-hour show with what I have to do. Let me show you. And I'm like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> you show them, yes. Uh, um, but it's still, my, my favorite dance move is still the, uh, the um, star dance. From the <laughs> every, pretty much every woman who sings in the movie just puts her arms out. Horizontal with the elbows slightly bent and kind of just sways back and forth. <laughs> like they're like they're smoothing the top of something yeah. that yeah. is chest height. Perfect way to do it. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like, like maybe 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 it, it's a sheet. Maybe it's frosting on a cake. But they're using their hands as little spatulas to make it smooth back and forth and back and forth while they gently sway their shoulders. Although, remember Mary's weird, like, shoulder choreography? I was going, that's exactly what I was about to say. She does this weird circle, or shoulder circle thing where she's just like, 
I was like, ooh, that, that's fucking hot almost, right I there. I almost didn't notice it the first time because she just had the best facial expressions any time <laughs> she was on stage. Like... She like she or like on her screen. Whole, I mean, she would wink, she would grin, yeah. she's like, hey, the hey, one, hey, one eyebrow going. I mean, yeah. it was just, there was, it was the so one expressive. What was the one song they did in the office of the two producers? Harrigan. Yeah. Harrigan. That one, she is going for it the entire <laughs> time, and she's so good. Yeah, like you're almost like shut up, dude. Like, yeah, yeah. She's Solo great. this. You she got it. is just chewing scenery and like. Eating a big ham sandwich the entire time, and she's so delightful to watch. H A double R I G A N spells Harrigan. Also, that song is not very good. <laughs> um, that's a famous one. Is it really? Yeah. Like, I was just like, oh, I see why they don't like this. <laughs> very Irish. If you didn't catch that, Cohan is Irish. And like, oh, I had no it's idea. very subtle. They kind of weave it in, like you it almost really never notice. Okay, show. so. Let's, his yeah. dad is dressed like a fucking leprechaun the first time you see him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he and then it's, he's going, first time you see his dad, he's on stage doing this, uh, this, this act as a Irish character. And he goes. No, off he's a fucking leprechaun. Is he yeah, supposed he to is. actually oh, be yeah. a leprechaun? He is okay. absolutely a leprechaun. Um, he goes off stage and, uh, oh, Someone tells him that his wife has given birth, or is, or no, he leaves because he knew his wife was. I don't like. No. She was. She was in the process of labor, and he's like, "Have you heard any word? What's the word? Yeah, yeah. I gotta go. I gotta go." He's I'm like, like, "And she never misses. She never holds up a show. I'll be back for like my four thirty or whatever." And the stagehand is like, "You can't leave like that. You'll get arrested." And I was like. No, you just look like a fucking weirdo <laughs> leprechaun running through the street on the 4th of July. <laughs> like, dude, you got your holidays mixed up. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so let's touch briefly on this. The Wow, wow has time passed. Like, they're like, you Irish Americans, you. Yeah. Like, first off, that's a thing. Right. Like, when being Irish was, like, an ethnicity that was persecuted or somehow other. Right. right? In, like, really that. horrific ways, like... Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and now it's like, like now we're like, who cares, because we got to hate the brown people now. <laughs> but Yeah, priorities have changed. Um, so that was a little jarring, but like then it gets moments later more jarring. Like, so I'm like, oh, this maybe is a little... a couple of minutes, I'm like, right? this is like, a little culturally insensitive, this, like, Irish characters being a leprechaun, and then... The, the son is a leprechaun, right? For the li- yeah, weird the little re- part where he plays the violin on his head. Pulls a violin out of that nowhere. That kid was is very scared to play it over his head. Was it over nowhere? Like, guys, where was that violin, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so then they're doing a montage of their act. The four Cohans. Of like, the four Cohans. And up. it's blackface. <laughs> like, that is the first note I made on my phone. It's just all caps, holy shit, blackface. <laughs> What was that? Because and it's not just like it's all four of them. Like, yeah, it's kids too. All four, I know they do one, and I was like, "Oh, that's bad." Oh, oh, they're all gonna do it. Oh, this is uncomfortable because yeah, it starts just, out with the tambourines in front of their face. Of course, and then they drop the tambourine, and it's like blackface. That's a lot. <laughs> but I mean, it's not a whole number. It's not like Abraham in Holiday Inn where it's a. Whole right. It's, it's part of a very montage, quick montage, but it's also something like it is also a thing that that's what you you did that in musicals in the nineteen forties, right? Like that yeah. was 
Like, that was how you proved your bona fides of, by the way, I'm also an experienced and accomplished blackface performer. Why? Why are you an experienced and accomplished blackface? Oh, because you just were. And I know some people, like, oh, I can't watch that. There's a blackface number. Or, oh, we should cut that out. I'm like, no, you leave that shit in to remind you there was a time we thought that was okay. So no, you watch this movie, you watch that blackface, and you sit with your discomfort because that's Absolutely. A, that is appropriate. Yeah. That is what you need to do. You need to watch that and go, oh, my white history is bad. Right. <laughs> we used to do terrible, th- I mean, we still do, but we used to do other terrible things. We learned not to do that. Yeah. <laughs> That's one, yeah. Fun. That's I was so fun. drunk because it was not, I was not expecting it. I should have been as soon as they were doing vaudeville acts. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it just, I was like, ooh. Well, even if you were expecting it, it would still Did be jarring. Did you catch the lyrics of the first song that Mary sings while she's doing those weird shoulder? Something about chicken was all I got. <laughs> there was something about eating a whole, wasn't there something about eating a whole chicken? Um, she was doing, she, like, the accent that she was doing and all the colored folks say, she's so pretty. Like, it it was... Oh, yeah. I was more focused on her, like, like, all you heard was chicken. <laughs> shoulder dance and the arms, and then I was like, oh, somebody eats a whole chicken. All right. <laughs> and then Homeboy's, like, trying to, like, get her off stage, and so I didn't even notice what the song was about. Yeah, like, if you listen to those lyrics, it's like, oh, sweet lord, oh, sweet baby giraffes, that's happening. <laughs> oh, God. What are you singing? Don't do that no more. <laughs> Um, let's see. The choreographer, here's a bit of trivia. He broke his angle, ankle rehearsing the opening song and dance number, and it effectively ended his career. <laughs> Holy uh, shit. That's a bummer. Right. Right. Because um, uh, Cagney worked with, um, with Cohan's choreographer to master it, but the choreographer of the movie. Of the movie. Right, right. Okay, but I just wanted to clarify that. So... Um, and uh, interestingly, James Cagney later played George M. Cohan again in a movie called about the Foy family. Interesting. And huh. I think it's Bob Hope. Yeah, Bob Hope plays Eddie Foy, and he and Bob Hope have a dance number together where James Cagney is being Cohan again, and Bob Hope is playing Eddie, Eddie Foy. Foy. We could find it. I'll show you guys after we get done recording. Because it's, it's super cute. It's super cute. I've never watched the whole movie, but I've seen that number. The I really did like the scene with uh, Cohan and Foy. That was really good. Just them like basically talking shit to each other and pretending that they weren't who they actually were. Uh, and just being... He was like, you know... Um, what is it? Uh, Foy says something about how like the audience was glued to their seats, and Cohen's like, "That's one way to keep them there." And it's just—it's so much of this, just like Straight really in. like it's really like one-upmanship shade. It's so of good, the and it's style. just yeah, perfect. Cagney being just a smartass, like it's but great. with the smile on his face, yeah, where you're like. Oh, dude, you're saying some shitty ass things, but you're <laughs> awfully cute. But it's okay when you when you say it like that. Like I can tell that this is just a your mama riff. Like, right. This is, that's all that's happening right there. Um, 
Oh, the choreographer, the actual choreographer, not the one who broke his ankle and therefore ended his career, so they brought in different choreographers, <laughs> uh, choreographed um, The Great Ziegfeld, Anything Goes, South Pacific, one number in South Pacific, The Ten Commandments, they have a choreographed credit. Makes me want to watch The Ten Commandments again. Yeah, I don't right? remember a musical number. It's been a while, but I don't, yeah. But, a, like, maybe some, like, weird... Palace dance through the play hedonism scene. Or <laughs> yeah, maybe. But the best is Cover Girl, which you two haven't seen, and we're gonna. That's definitely on the list because <laughs> that's a Gene Kelly that's so good, and nobody watches. I'm in. Yeah. I mean, um, so yeah, I they, never say no to Gene Kelly. So. <laughs> yeah. So these choreographers, like they did other great things, which you know, then you watch the choreography in this movie, and it's. I think they were trying to do appropriate choreography, but let's remember the chorus girls who basically just twitched their shoulders. Yeah. Like they just sort of twisted in place with their what? umbrella, like, look at my umbrella. And it was I also. No. If they, sorry, go ahead. Well, I was The choreography to me was interesting. I, I guess I was comparing it to The King and I in, in a way, like, because the, like, the King and I was so big, and it, like all the scenes were, the sets were so expansive. This one almost seemed like kind of claustrophobic and like there were so many people on the stage and I mean the costumes were it was great it was just gave you this like like sea of sequins and hat floof but like it was it just seemed like there were so many people to keep an eye on at once but then the, the choreography itself was still kind of minimal yeah but like it was a little crowded at times well I was gonna say with the costumes in this like the hats and these I mean we've seen People dance, women dance in heels and stuff, in tight dresses before, like with corsets and stuff. But like, I don't know how much dancing they would have been able to do, right? Like, <laughs> that's true. We just talked about like her having her hat and keeping everything in the way it's supposed to, lighting, getting her blocking right, and all of that. Uh, how is she going to do? I don't know how she would have done a huge dance number in that more than. Well, yeah, but you could be a skirt dancer. <laughs> yeah, you could be a skirt dancer. World famous. The, right? the youngest was, skirt. Or the youngest. Yeah, or something. The youngest skirt dancer ever. It was competitive back then. Apparently. What's a skirt dance? I still don't know. <laughs> but I. But like. She had a couple of moves. King and I was realistically what like 10, 12 years later that it was filmed, right in the mid fifties. So I have to think. Like, they were trying to specifically ape what Cohan's shows looked like. And, right. and, like, yeah, and it's meant to be on a stage. And it was this huge spectacle. So, yeah, the more people on the stage, the better. That's what people want to see. So, yeah, it does end up being very crowded. So, it's just so bizarre to compare it to King and I. Like, when you consider yeah. the, the production values and everything, everything about it. But... I was honestly impressed when they did the... Grand old flag. Was that the one where they were all marching and they had the conveyor belts? Yeah. And then they just keep fucking raising up things and there's more people behind them. And I was like, how does this many people fit on that fucking stage? <laughs> I do think the last, like, the last tier part was just, was a like, of some kind. flags on, like, little... Like right, boards right. that yeah, yeah. was shaking, yeah. <laughs> like, like little stage magic. But it definitely there. was a really cool effect. Yeah, yeah. It just yeah. kept opening up. Yeah, there was conveyor belts, and Mike's like, "Holy shit, there's conveyor belts!" I'm like, "Yeah, that's a thing." It was awesome. It yeah, was really it was good. good. It was a it was a great effect. So, um, favorite numbers. I mean, I don't really know. 
<laughs> you, you go. <laughs> You're not going to go for Mary's shoulders? <laughs> yeah, I mean, for, for dance numbers, probably probably that one. The, the, the chicken song. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's your favorite song? You're, no, it's not my favorite song. I, He's I, got it pulled up on Spotify right now. He's <laughs> going to listen to it nonstop. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, it's hard. Like, the ones that I recognized or the ones that I like expected to hear, I guess, like Yank Doodle and... Uh, over there, I, I didn't realize that was you know like we talked about earlier. I didn't realize this is where it was from, but I've definitely heard it. And as soon as I heard it, that part kind of clicked. Um, I don't know. I liked the kind of spectacle of, of the, the Yankee Doodle Dandy song, like the first time you hear it when he's at the Derby and his dance. And I mean, just the way that that whole scene kind of played out. So I'd say that's probably my favorite. Yeah, it's hard because there aren't. It's a movie. Musical about musicals. Uh-huh. Um, and so it feels weird because, like, a lot of what you get is, like, highlight clips. Like, yeah, you, like you don't get a full-blown... I mean, there are there are exceptions to that. Like, Grand Ole Flag has a huge fucking production. And that's probably the biggest, like, fully done, like, production number. Um, as opposed to getting, like, snippets like we did, even when we have, like, Mary's chicken song. Like, we, we're we still not... She's not really the focus of that. Like, she comes out and sings a bit, and then it's all about Cagney and, like, the stage manager uh, arguing about whether or not she can continue. So it's kind of a weird movie in that, and that's why I'm having a hard time, like, picking a favorite, because there's not any that really stand out to me um, other than, like, the, uh, Grand Ole Flag, Yankee Doodle Dandy, and, um, the last one that he does, uh, as FDR. Oh, yeah, that's Strictly Off the Record. Strictly Off the Record. I, I actually really, actually, I that's think that a- might be my favorite song, because that song was really funny. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to say this thing for sure, but I've got a way to solve the problem. Yeah, I'm going to say know. some real shitty things, and by the way, that's off the record, can't quote me on it. Um, <laughs> and he's also, that's when he starts doing the weird FDR dancing. And like, <laughs> like, you're like, only I think shit. that one may be my favorite, yeah. The FDR can tap it? <laughs> also, yeah, okay. the, the one that just made me laugh. I don't remember the exact wording, but they do say, Something about going wearing Japants. Yes, kick, kick, kicking kicking Hitler in his Japants. Japan. Yes. That's what it was. I could. I'll, I just. I just had Japants in my brain, and it was. I want some Japants. I'll yeah. be honest. Those sound super comfy. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Also, check as, like, as long as it's like a plaid kind of yeah because kimono thing plaid, <laughs> because kimonos are made out of plaid. Right. Plaid. Learned. Plaid kimono Japants. Yeah. <laughs> plaid is a thing in the East. Apparently, my favorite number is. The whole uh, So Long Mary, where she's getting on the train with the dudes, because I just... Because you like that dress? I I love that dress. I love that dress. It's a very striking... It works really well, especially being in black and white. Yeah, the stripes of it, but I, I love... The backup choreographer of the boys and the way they're they're using their hats and they're mm. moving is very well done staging and I love the ridiculous like oh no my underwear fell out <laughs> like all of that is just like what the shit is happening here and she's ooh ooh and I'm like this is adorable I'm I that's it I love it I love it and I want that dress and that hat. I also I did like this wasn't like one of my favorite numbers, but one of the other things that I really did like though was the song at the end of uh, the Yankee Doodle Dandy where 
they're on the ship. Uh-huh. And, like... Give my regards to Broadway. The, yes. The yeah. song that Jenny's like, is that from yeah. here? Is that from a, <laughs> it's from a thing? Uh, I just like the idea of staging that. Like, with the ship and them all moving off, and then you see the ship go in the background and the rocket fly over and everything. Yeah. Uh, just a really cool effect, I think. Yeah, Especially it's just a as really a nice stage dancing. kind of... Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're also like, there's a ship on this stage. Well, there are horses on this stage. <laughs> holy yeah, shit! All I could, all I could think was literally, holy shit! Yeah, yeah. Like, horse shit. All, all it takes is one horse. Not and being everybody's dancing and shit for the rest of the night. Like, like that, that's just a disaster waiting to happen. Because live theater is like gladiatorial combat. Part of why people show up is because they know it's live and people might die in front of them. Right. That is my. That is my belief. People are there's some wait, small part of it. for something to go wrong. Yeah, they're like, this is going to be great, but we also know that at any moment something could go wrong. Let's watch. And speaking of which, I just have to mention Cagney's ridiculous improv down the steps at the end. Oh, yep. I would have broken every bone it's in my body so doing that. It's so good. Like he's walking down the steps, and Wendy goes like, "He improv this," and I was like. Walking down the <laughs> steps, and then he starts doing the like tap man. I was like, "Holy shit!" Like it's so good. Uh, yeah, and same thing. Just like I would have taken a step and been on my face. I'm like, and I bet death. this will look cool, and then immediately slipped <laughs> before I even got started. Watch me be awesome, guys. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, and I would never have guessed it was improv. Like that looked like it had been. That was just Cagney, like, look at what I can do. Perfected. Yeah, it was amazing. BT Dubs, I'm a badass motherfucking gangster who can tap dance. It's all that judo. All that judo. All judo. Like seriously. Hey, well, this, like you had. I feel like you write off the same list of cool facts that you did about Yul Brenner when we were watching. Right. Well, like, oh, by the way, he can do everything. Right. Like I love this because musicals, right? And then you're like, by the way, the star of this musical. Badass motherfucker! <laughs> black belt in something. Black belt in something, like, um, supplies the opium for <laughs> people, like, right? like you do. <laughs> Although, I seriously can't get over Cagney as Robin Hood. Yeah. Oh, I know. Like, if I could do a Cagney, I'd be like, welcome to Sherwood. Yeah. <laughs> with, that, with that slightly East Coast accent. Right. Welcome to Sherwood. I can't do it, but it's hilarious. I need to learn a Cagney accent so I can just start quoting Robin Hood lines. <laughs> and then people go, what are you doing? Wow. <laughs> Interesting fact for you. <laughs> it could have been. <laughs> this could have been. Oh, that would have been so awesome. All right, so that was um, Yankee Doodle Dandy. A, a kind of overlooked and forgotten film that... I can kind of see a little bit why. It also was, uh, yeah. Vinny kind of mentioned it briefly earlier. The other thing, uh, just to mention, is how weird it is to watch with our last movie having been The Greatest Showman. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, because there are, yeah. it is two sort of like rags to riches sort of stories um, that have both been adapted. That are both to be little. Um, yeah. Cleaned up. Cohen, Cohen saw the premiere. He died like a couple of months later. Cohen saw the premiere and famously said, it's a good movie. Who's it about? <laughs> <laughs> they took some liberties. That's great. Um, they even have like the, the, the part with Faye, whose name I still can't remember. Yeah, Faye, Faye whatever. Templeton. 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 Well, you know, basically, the from Charlotte's Web. Yeah, hey, there you go. 
is basically the uh, Jenny Lind of the movie, except yes. there's no weird. It's more like the way the real life Jenny Lind thing happened, where he's just like, "You're a star. Here's this song I wrote. We're gonna make a shitload of money together," and that's kind of where the extent of it is. Which I actually really like because when they first introduced her, I was worried they were gonna go the same route as Greatest Showman, and I was very happy that it was just like. Nope, he still loves Mary and is still with her. And Well, yeah, I mean, if you think about it, there is no conflict in this movie. There no. is no lesson to be the, learned. The closest you get is when, um, what was the name of his serious play? Um, oh, yeah, Popularity. Popularity. Popularity, when it, like, bombs. Well, there's also when he's, like, blacklisted and his family can get, can't get work. But, like... Given his ego and how many problems it causes, they could have like really made it like you need to get over your ego and that's going right. to be a point. But like that's how we would write it now. But this is just like no, no. I mean that's just who he is. But there's no lesson learned. There's no false conflict. We're not adding in any sort of love yeah. interest. Like, I really thought when when popularity bombed, that was going to be like oh, he's almost ruined kind of thing. And then, like, the next scene, it's like, oh, we're back, we're normal, it's back to... <laughs> you know, you know what, what's good? Is if you can start a world war to distract people from your play bombing. That's good. That's right, I forgot that that scene ends. Like, oh, that, the scene where he goes to write the, the, the ad for all the papers, it, it ends with them rushing out into the street because the... Lusitania was sunk. Yep. <laughs> like, whether or not that's true, I love the idea of, like, my play bombed, but nobody cared. <laughs> Distraction. We're going to war. <laughs> We're going to war. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was Yankee Doodle Dandy, and um, it is a good pairing with Greatest Showman. It's interesting to compare it to yeah. King and I um, <laughs> as well, right? Um, which was only 10 years later. So, I'm. It is, from, it is definitely from just the aspect of them being two musicals that were made so relatively closely together. Uh, so weird. Basically, all the things you said earlier. Just yeah, it's just, it's <laughs> it's just really interesting that having come from that one. I mean, obviously that one was made, King and I was made after this, but just to see the difference. Yeah. Even well, within I mean, 10 or 12 years of whatever it was. This is our first black and white musical. Yeah. Right? And it's beautifully shot. Like a good black and white is so gorgeous. Like yeah. you don't even care that it's black and white. You're like, oh, look at this. This is beautifully shot. So um, I'm excited for all the other future ones we're going to see. Like because <laughs> now we know like Footlight Parades on our on our radar and Cover Girl is on our radar. So yay! <laughs> what do we want to watch? What do we want to watch? So do we do we wrap this up and then decide what we want to watch next? Or do we just let them listen to us try to figure it out? <laughs> so be really compelling, you guys. Because uh, <laughs> I have a zero idea. Right? <laughs> no prior discussion. Maybe it's best we... Uh, yeah, throw. so maybe we should wrap this <laughs> up. Tune in next time and you'll know. So this has been Real Education, <laughs> the, the musical. And <laughs> thank you for listening. Jazz Hands! A Real Education, the musical can be found on iTunes, Blueberry, and Google Play. Follow us on Facebook at Real Education Musical, on Twitter at Real Edu Musical, that's R-E-E-L-E-D-U, or check out our website at realeducationmusical.com. New episodes on every Tuesday morning. We hope you enjoyed our film fixation. We'll see you next time on Real Education.